AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast was recorded before the devastating news about the tragic passing of Hugo Echiog, Spurs' under-23 coach, aged just 44. Myself, Ben and Carl and everyone at the Fighting Cock would like to pass on our condolences to the family and friends of Hugo, plus everyone at the club who worked with him. I'd like to read out a few tweets from the players who were working under Hugo as they say so much about him as a person. Kyle Walker-Peters tweeted... You were like a father figure to us all. Thank you for everything you've taught us on and off the pitch. 
R.I.P. Hugo, you will be missed. Joshua Onimo said, way more than just a coach, a father figure as well. Done so much for all of us boys. R.I.P. Hugo, see you soon. Anthony Georgiou said, learnt a lot from an amazing manager, player and person. From his first day here, he was always there to talk and help and make you smile. It's clear from reading just a handful of these tweets how much Hugo Echiog meant to people, both as a coach and as a person. And he was seen in the industry as a highly promising football coach who was a student of the game. Rest in peace, Hugo Echiog. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Hello and welcome to the Fighting Cock Youth Special Number Two. I'm joined. Oh, I'm Windy. It, unless you hadn't, you know, you'd probably realise that um, since I'm the youth weirdo. Uh, and I'm joined once again by Ben, who runs the THFC Academy account on Twitter. Thanks for having me back. And Carl, who runs uh, some account on Twitter, <laughs> uh, and he's a bit of a legend on Spurs community as well. <laughs> weirdo number two. Weirdo number two. <laughs> Love it. And we are. Um, it might sound a bit different this week. We're in. A very lovely studio, uh, SNK Studios in central London, run by Cave uh, from the Owen the Spurs podcast. Hello, Cave. Thanks for having us. Um, so we're going to just dive straight into it and, and talk youth football for an hour and see how it goes. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, really, was the Youth Cup thrashing at the hands of Chelsea, because that would have really been the first look for a lot of people at our under-18s, and understandably they'd have been a bit disappointed by, mm. with what they saw. Um, we lost 2-1 at White Hart Lane, because I had Sterling scored in that one, but really that was not a 2-1 game by any stretch of the imagination. And then we got thrashed 7-1 at Stamford Bridge in the second mm. leg. Jack Rolls scored our goal, but there weren't many acceptable no. performances in that. I mean, why were we so bad and why, why were Chelsea so good? Um, my personal theory is it was to do with... Um, I don't know, I think it's like the whole big game experience because I know under 18 level, we've never been beaten like that by Chelsea and uh, the scores would be big. It'd be like a 6-4, 4-3, something like that. But we've never been totally outclassed. So I can only see the difference being that it was in front of a TV camera and in front of a big audience whereas we would have had relatively few experience doing that, whereas Chelsea being in Champions League and so on and so forth would have had more experience playing for the bigger crowds. And the, I think it's just the occasion so, got to them. I think this Chelsea team is a lot oh, yeah. obviously than did previous Chelsea teams. Uh, yeah, I think it's a... I don't know if it's maybe better than last year, but it's definitely a quality Chelsea team. But again, like in the, in the league, they didn't beat us by that badly at all, did they? Yeah, but a few of their players... They're under-18s that normally play up for the 21s drop down for the youth cart. And we didn't do that, interestingly. Mm. So lots of people have asked, why wasn't Marcus Edwards playing in that game? I mean, I can't think of any reason, Ben. It didn't make sense. Because he played for the under-23s, I think, on the Monday. And then didn't play for the the youth cart on Wednesday, I think. I don't don't know what you gain from that. Because the way I see it is, it's still a big... Again, like I said, it's in front of TV, it's in front of a crowd. So it would be good for developing him learning to play and sort of um, take the responsibility in front of a crowd and can he still do it or does he only need to be in um, a little training pitch on Saturday morning. So I don't really get what the point was and granted it's not all about winning but it's still a big game and I think for development that is a, a key match to be playing. And surely it would have been great for him to be the go-to guy in that game, you know, when luck's down and you're losing, give him the ball and see what he can do. Mm. Yeah, and that's when he sort of thrives, I think. When it's sort of him against everyone else, he just seems to take everyone on, take more and more responsibility. So. Well, actually reminds me, like I was saying, last year, 
he, the smaller games or the smaller teams, he would obviously go missing sometimes more. But it seemed like he was disinterested. But if it was at Chelsea and Arsenal or something, he'd play a lot better. So mm. it almost feels like he's up for the big games because he can show off his ability that much more. Yeah. So it, it kind of feels like it was tailor made for him. I mean, I didn't think there were many acceptable performances from many of our players, mm-hmm. not helped by the way the team set up. So by that I mean, perhaps when we started getting thrashed and players were just running through the middle of the pitch at us, we should have perhaps gone back to basics mm. and had two banks of four and sat yeah. in for 10, 15 I think minutes. We should, we should have started both games like that, Yeah, but it's just not what Spurs do. It's not what Spurs do. No, that's Which, And again, it is the whole development is key. So, And, and, and I know... We've touched on him briefly before, but as you say, Chelsea had all their best team, but we were missing, you can almost argue, two of our best players because Kirby mm. would have been in that team with Edwards and we would have been a lot better if he was around. You could argue Alfie Whiteman as well. And I mean, he was on the bench for some reason, but Austin, he's a, he's a Austin keeper a good performance, Austin. to be fair to him as well. He's he a, a shot stopper, Austin, isn't yeah, he? He's, he's got really good all-round game. Us under pressure a few mm, times. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the one player that I thought held his own was Tanganga who we yeah. really like as a player yeah. and when you lose 7-1 you sort of look at the defence normally and think hang on a minute something's wrong there but actually he was a, a bit of a rock and yeah. it, it could have been a wider scoreline yeah. even without him I um, thought Ayoma did alright yeah. as well yeah and you know, he's continuing his good form throughout the season so uh, yeah I think Ayoma and Tanganga could probably yeah. walk around there head up there and the other talking point from a Spurs perspective was that Shishua was taken off at half time in the first leg and didn't come on or, or was was not seen was in the second, which is bizarre because he's kind of been our go-to guy mm. this year. He's been our, the best attacker for our under-18s. And yes, I don't mean... I think maybe they were kind of sort of doing what you're saying and trying to um, put on bigger people to defend and they thought Sashir wasn't doing his job mm. or I don't know. Mm. But it's strange to have your outside bed with your best attacker missing for mm. one and a half of the matches. Of the Chelsea side, I mean, there were a few that played really well, but Juan Castillo in the second leg yeah, was, was a monster. untouchable. Yeah. He was yeah. so good. He was an animal, wasn't he? And, and when you see a player play someone like that, you kind of think, he's going to be a superstar. And then you think, he's at Chelsea. He's not going to be a superstar because he won't get a chance. We've seen it before as well with Jada Silva, Charlie Colcott. These players looked unbelievable mm. in the youth cup. And then... Yeah. Well... I'm hoping Tammy Abraham... Well, I say I'm hoping... I would like Tammy Abraham to come through because I've always rated him. Mm. But And he's doing all the right things at the moment. Is it Bristol City, Bristol Rovers? Mm, Bristol City. Mm. If he doesn't get a chance next year, there's literally no point in having that academy. Yeah, exactly. So we had a question from Mitz, who was at M13TUL on Twitter. He said, not Tottenham related, but why do you think Chelsea have made such a mess of getting their talented players into the first-team squad? What do you... I mean... The kind of populist opinion is that because they're challenging for the title year in, year out, they're challenging for the Champions League, they can't risk young players in that situation. Do you go along with that? No, well, they were mid-table last season and they sort of half-heartedly brought Loftus-Cheek through and put him back in the development squad, so I don't think that's the reason. I think it's because in this day and age, the the whole thing is about winning and there's a a few, there's little scope to make mistakes. And so... Putting, throwing a young person in, no matter how good they are, is almost more of a risk because they have that. They don't have that experience, so you don't know how they will perform. Whereas you can buy in this this market like twenty million mm. to buy an average player from like the French league who's doing half decent to come in and do a job. When and if he doesn't, do, do you know what I mean, it, it's easier to give them a chance because you know they've done it in a in a top league rather than giving a younger player who may be better 
giving them their first steps and then them risk risk failing and then it going belly up and then the manager is the one who gets the brunt of um, any any uh, losses so to speak so I think people just don't want to lose their jobs really and it's just cheaper and easier just to buy a board mm. I don't think Chelsea want to bring players through when you when you listen to Pochettino talk he thinks it's good for the club good for everyone to have homegrown players in the first team but no Chelsea manager or director has ever said that I don't think they want to do it they don't see the value in it is that partly due to the lack of continuity in managers there you know they change when something doesn't go well they change immediately yeah um, but that, that, that could come down to risk again yeah. if they know that they're going to get such a small chance they've got to take it now why would you risk playing a young person even though they could be the best young person in the academy and then you still don't know how they will perform if they're in the Premier League mm. so you might as well give that more um, sure thing a chance from another league or within the Premier League um, to basically save your job we're kind of seeing this at Spurs as well aren't we with Sissoko I mean we filled the squad with a player for £30 million who well people are unsure about him let's be generous uh, he's been incredibly poor whenever he's mm. played I think he's had about one good performance maybe um, maybe one and a half and we've got players like Edwards and Onoma who are just waiting for an opportunity who could be on the bench coming on instead of Sissoko for 10 minutes at the end of the games when it's done and dusted you know we were 4-0 up at the weekend we didn't bring Onoma on mm. it's bizarre <clears throat> but then I think we've done Poch will argue oh it's not a He's not learning anything from that situation. But I still don't get... If, if he came on and looked incredible, even though it was an un, in a low-pressure situation, that would give him so much more confidence and it would give the manager, oh, look, he can do this, for him to come in the next game. Whereas only waiting because when you're 2-1 up and two minutes to go and bringing him on because of pressure situation, mm. I don't get why you can't bring him on with half an hour to go 4-0 up. I just, I just feel sometimes signings will get more of an opportunity to prove themselves and I feel it's also within the manager's incentive is um, to give them a chance to prove themselves because if he if he buys Sissoko and he doesn't do well the chance of you buying someone again with Levy's money can be smaller because he's going to look at that mistake so he's going to want to give him as many opportunities as he can to prove himself as valuable so he has more leverage to spend money later on mm. that's what I feel um I don't know how you feel about that. I think the thing with Sissoko is he's very different to Onoma and Edwards. I think he was supposed to give us a different option, but, I mean, he hasn't, obviously. So I don't know. I don't really think he's in the way of Onoma. But they also, did, I find the issue with um, these kind of players is an average player performing to an average standard or half-decent standard will generally block the path of a youngster. Yeah. Because you'd think that if Soldado or Adebayor just banged in 10 league goals in the season Kane will never have got his chance yeah 100%. it's the fact that both of them completely yeah. failed they got his chance yeah but if they, if they just scored 10 goals each would Kane have got his chance I doubt it even though he was still banging goals in the Europa League so all it takes is still that average player to perform to a half decent standard and will still block a young player coming through totally agree so we're kind of talking about how players go from under 18s to the first team and that, that route which leads us on to the next point which is what do you kind of make of this under-23 structure that's been created? I mean, we've seen a reserve league, we've seen under-21s, it's now under-23s, which is kind of a mixture of reserves and under-21s. It's a bit of a bizarre concept. How, what do you think of this league structure as a whole? The under-23s, I think, is just a complete mess. 
Mm. There's not the games are no intensity. There's not Ooh. much sort of it's competition not, there. Not real scheduling to the games either. Yeah, there's about twenty games a season, and very uh, employers midweek, and it's just all very uncoordinated. I feel that one of the issues with the under twenty three league, and I think it was similar to the under twenty one league, is it's sort of like um, a who can play the youngest players competition rather than actual development. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, oh, well, we, it's on 23, we've got five 17-year-olds in this game. Look how great our academy is. But then they're just play, you're, all you're doing is playing 18-year-olds against 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds. Whereas I think when we had to remember, like, Bongani Kamalo, mm. I sent it back, Grant Hall, mm-hmm. I sent it back. It's just some experience. And, yeah, I mean, let, use it as an opportunity. People should use it how it should be used in that if you're uh, more experienced players are coming back, let them play amongst the younger players and guide them through it and it might develop them more because that year we had Kamala we had like Onomar Winks coming through with him whereas it, I don't know it provides a bit of stability and all that kind of stuff whereas at the moment it's just 18 year olds versus 18 year olds I, I agree and I can think of so few occasions where we've had players returning from injury involved in the 23s so l- when we played Everton recently they had Mo Besic in midfield and for the young players playing alongside an experienced campaigner like Mo Besic would have mm. been wonderful they'd have learned loads from him he'd have taught them through the game for a start we don't do that with our young players. It's, it's like you say, lots of real youngsters. A few who are a bit older have been knocking around the development yeah. squad but haven't played league and, football. And really and truly aren't going to come through, if we're being no. honest. So, and it's, it's just it's a ma- real mismatch of players coming through and there's no stability or structure for the younger players to come through and develop in. And like I said before, at least we had Onomar Winks there playing some of our better players against the other players and all developed together. But now you've taken our best young players... Not letting them come down, not letting any of the youngsters come down, then all the second-rate, so to speak, 21-year-olds, and they're playing with uh, drips and drabs of from the 18, so it's just a bit... Exactly. The alternative, I guess, is that we use the loan system more, which we've seen over the years. We had When we had Tim Sherwood at Spurs, he was a technical coordinator to begin with. One of his roles seemed to be to oversee loan moves and kind of check up on players and see how they're performing on loan, arranging these loan deals. We ended up with three or four at Swindon at a time. This year, we've sent a few out on loan. They're kind of players who are either um, not seen as players who are going to make it at Spurs or players who... I'm thinking Luke Amos now, who who is very highly fancied by the club, but isn't quite at first team squad mm. level. Do you, would you rather we use the loan system more? Yeah, yeah. I think we should use it much more. I, I can understand where um, what, what um, Potch is thinking the whole let, keep them in the house and everything like that. But it just means they've come 21. He hasn't deemed them good enough. Then they've got no experience under their belt at all. To, so at least if you just go out, you have like one good season or some experience, and instantly it'll give them more confidence to come in and play their game. But I don't think it prepares them well because most of these boys are going to end up playing in the football league, and going just playing on the twenty-three football route, going alone isn't doing you, anything you, for them when they're released and they're looking for a football league club. But are you talking about for our top players? Or are you just talking about the loan system in I'm general for all the, of our players? All the, all the players. Because well, this kind of brings us onto a question we got from uh, Mr. Walker Porter from Twitter, who says, "Who needs a loan to get more football under their belt? Would, for example, Edwards benefit from training with the first team or a loan?" I think Edwards should stay with the first yeah, team. Yeah, I, I can't see Edwards. He, he probably could play elsewhere, but you can just imagine them trying to take him out like they did with Adua. So who are the players that you kind of want to ring fence into the first team and who would you be letting out alone? What kind of... What's the what's what's the divide there between those groups of players? Um, I would have sent out Onomar a while ago. Um, 
before when he was younger, I actually wouldn't have because I thought he's quite a languid. I mean, he's not. Yeah. He's not the kind of sprint around. And well, he actually, I think he does press well, but he doesn't look like he presses well. Um, but as time goes on, and he's not playing, and his confidence looks like it's, it's waning a bit. I think if he goes out, plays in plays for a Premier League club in Central Midfield or a Championship club, any any tier just to get experience, it would work well for him. He needs uh, a fresh start, really. Yeah, and then I think he'd do do well and comes back and do his thing really and, and I guess Walker Peters would be in a similar situation mm, because yeah. he's behind Walker and Trippier yeah. who's performed well this year does that mean that he needs a season as well out on loan I think he'd benefit massively from a season in League 1 or League 2 or the yeah. Championship because that's the side of a game that he's missing really yeah. technically he's superb he's probably on a level with Trippier at least maybe Walker as well in terms of his passing and control in tight spaces <coughs> but physically and mentally I think well, he's still yet to be tested. You look at Alexander Arnold, and he's doing well whenever he's getting chances. And Walker Peters is no worse than him. He's probably, I'd argue, he's, he's probably better. better than him. So, any yeah, I think if he goes anywhere on loan, whether it's League One, League Two, League Premier League Championship, I think it would be a great experience for him. And it doesn't really matter what tier you go to. Obviously, if you're doing well in Premier League or Championship, it looks good. But as long as he's out there and he's just tearing it up, it will help him and build up, develop his skills. Because at the moment, he's not going to get a chance ahead of World Court Trippier so so it sounds like you're both very much in favour of while the under 23 league is like it is essentially ditch that as much yeah. as we can mm. use the loan system better and just use the under 23 squad for fodder just mm. the, the players who are kind of hopefuls or <coughs> or unlikely to ever make it the Lesniak types who have kind of been around yeah, for a um, while but uh, oh, yeah like the stalwarts and then bringing the, the good under 18s in there and let them develop Monks and twenty feet. Like you said, if you keep, like I said, Lesniak's. Anton Walks would be another one. Walks in there. Loft. Goddard. But then, yeah, you said Loft. Yeah. You still get him. Huh? Yeah, you still got him, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, he's on loan at Steve Lidge. Oh, yeah. So um, you, you keep, like, Walks and Lesniak, and then you put the under 18s around him, or even sign, like, a like a Kamala again. Or like, mm. an, an, an injured pro just wants to get his fitness up for, like, six months and then let him play all the under 23 league. And just guide all the youngsters through, and then leave the club and get. His well, is, is there a reason that Kevin Vimmer couldn't be playing occasional under twenty three games? Or I mean, and Kudu, perfect. Yeah, I mean, what a brilliant experience for a young centre back to be playing alongside yeah, Vimmer, a full international. Uh, most clubs do do that. Mm. I think Debussy played for Arsenal. Man United have had loads of first team players playing, but we've never done it. I just, much. I don't get the logic. If you're that the head coach or you're running things from top down. If you don't want them playing in the under threes because they might learn, pick up bad habits and just tell them how they should be playing. I know in the past on the injury we've had McDermott say he sets his teams up sometimes to lose matches in order to for the young players to get experience doing other things. But does he do that for the under twenty threes? Could you is that like a reason why it walks us all over the place so it puts us in a difficult position to see how they respond? Or is it Potter's way, which I assume it should be, if he wants to bring the young players through, or is it Ehiog's decision to do all this? Do you know? I imagine it will be all three of Echiog, McDermott and Pochettino working together on that because Pochettino's recently had his uh, promotion as such from head coach to manager so he's pretty much in charge of the whole on-field activity now at the club. Mm. McDermott's role has changed a bit this year by looks of things because when McKenna left uh, he had to just dip in the under-18s yeah, and essentially become manager, manager again mm. uh, at that level, whereas before he was taking more of a backseat and more of an oversight of the whole system. And fair play to him, you know, for stepping in and, and doing that. That's obviously part of his remit. Apparently Gibbs it was left planned. as well, wasn't it? Who, sorry? Nigel Gibbs left as well. Gibbs left as well. They brought in Kenny Jacket. 
and, yes. and Keith Millen as well. Yeah, so I think while they adapt, obviously, you see Madonna's picking up even more stuff. So, so is it now? It's now Millen and Jacket handling the under 18s with McDermott. I think so. Yeah. Interesting. So perhaps next year I we'll see him back off again. They're both on part-time contracts, so <laughs> so, no. so as soon as they get another job, they're off, basically. So I this think. is a holding job for them, yeah. maybe. So it's all very up in the end, that aspect, isn't it? Yeah. And then McDermott's obviously got... Can't really do anything else he wants to do because he's got managing under-18s. Then who is controlling the under-18s and what's going on there? Mm. It does feel like it's slightly chaotic at the moment. And um, The other option, which uh, Duncan Butcher on Twitter, Juicy Sushi, said... Uh, academy or switch to a B team like Brentford and I noticed we played Brentford um, on today the day of recording in a behind closed doors friendly they've got a B team uh, it's a group of players who are much like our development squad a mixture of ages and abilities and they've completely got gone away with their academy they've ditched it it's too expensive for them to run mm. so they now have the first team the B team and nothing else which is a really interesting concept it's something that I think will catch on more and more as academies become more expensive to run because if you're in the Championship, for example, and your academy players are being swept up by Premier League uh, category no A clubs, exactly, then, then what's the, the point in doing that and spending all that money? The compensation is so small at that age. Uh, so I think a lot of clubs will follow suit with Brentford there. Um, I, 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 think it's, yeah, I think it's a clever way of doing it because, as you say, when if you've got... People um, like players from Chelsea, when they're getting released from their scholarships, you can pick up some very talented players yeah. who are coached at very high levels, stick them in your under 21s, develop them, and then you're almost getting the a whole. If you've got a whole load of like 18 top quality, top coach 20 um, Chelsea players, the top five will stay at Chelsea and never get through, but the bottom five could be picked up from Brentwood and probably more likely to come through at some point. Yeah, exactly. It's quite, it's quite a clever model, and, model, and like you said, they're going to be saving money. When you put it like that, it kind of reminds me of what Glenn Hoddle did with his football academy in Spain a while back, where he was basically doing exactly that, just picking up released players from Premier League clubs and just giving them another opportunity mm. um, in a kind of Spanish second division setting. And it's quite clever, like you say, if you, if you could just cherry pick like Man City, Chelsea, Spurs and all the other top clubs, the players that get released, you, you could be onto some, some winners there. Yeah, exactly. Before we move on, I just want to kind of touch more upon Onima, Carter Vickers and Walker <coughs> Peters because we have spoken about them a bit, but this year's been one of stagnation for all of them, really. Onima's been in lots and lots and lots of matchday squads, which is all well and good, but he's barely had any minutes. He's played a few games in the Cups. He's come on at the end of some games. It's not been a good year for him, and I was mm. talking to my dad at the weekend... And my dad has no interest in academy football. And he said, I know you like that boy, Onima, but whenever he comes on, he doesn't look up to it to me. And I try and explain to him, you know, he's playing in that, he's playing out of position, he's low in confidence, this isn't the Onima that we've seen in the academy. And it's, it's kind of becoming quite hard to argue in his favour because the performances he's, put, he's yeah. putting in aren't but, representative of him. Yeah, and it's, I can never understand how... I don't know how many games I would have watched him from like under-15s to... Under twenty ones, and I've never seen him play anywhere other than central midfield mm. or attacking midfield central, and then to be chucked in at sometimes striker for the last five minutes of a match or on the wing, and go go and then do a job when you might you might not even receive the ball in those five minutes. Then oh, what, what's he doing? He looks rubbish. But what, what can you do? Looking and it, and it is frustrating. So. And it must be even so, more yeah. frustrating for him to see Harry Winks come in and look so accomplished but, because he's playing in his correct position. Yeah, but um, I mean, last season we would have said the same about Winks because he barely played, mm. so we would have said he stagnated again. But he's come in this season; he's a much better player than he was 
Yeah, so that's you don't the know Wanamaker could come in next season and he might have improved. That is the only thing I'm clinging into because I remember last year I thought Winks was what 20, was 20 no yeah. experience, played what two featured in two games, and eventually look what's happened now. He's got your chance. I'm I'm just praying that's what's going to happen. I haven't written anything off, but he's not. If you're not getting any game time whatsoever, and, and he, at 17 he was deemed talented enough to be included in these squads and get on get more minutes than Winks. And I mean, other clubs were trying to sign him. N- not to at least try him in his correct position feels just criminal but I just hope next year I don't, I don't know how they're going to fit him in I, wor- uh, I worry that his position or his <clears throat> style doesn't really suit Pochettino because if you look at the two central midfielders he plays they're all quite physically demanding and they're more defensive he plays than like to me. I think, he's, I think he's more advanced and he's not as sort of defensively aware but I think that's where he needs to be coached to be more defensively aware granted he might he might be trying to coach and be more defensively aware but whenever I've seen him he's looked alright he, like I said he presses he, he does have um, the opposition he pushes him off the ball he's got strength he can dribble past him I think he's a better passer than Nebele not maybe a better dribbler obviously but I think he could take Nebele's um, mantle next year or the year after but hopefully I'd like some, he gets some chances and then hopefully see, see his potential but at the moment I mean if, if you're going to stick him in the wing I'd rather we just get Odua Mm. That Odua coming on for the last five minutes of games on the wings would have done ten times better than what Onuma's doing. It's a fair point. I think Ben might be onto something here, you know, saying that he he doesn't suit Poch's central midfield style, mm. and perhaps that's why Poch is playing him wide and all <coughs> further forward, because he's got those concerns about his defensive ability, mm. um, which would be a real pity, because we've seen him play really well in central midfield mm. at yeah. various levels. Uh, so perhaps, perhaps that's why he's, mm. he's ended up playing wide. But the other one is Carter Vickers, who again has been on the bench several times. He's had a few minutes here and there, uh, but very limited game time. It's very hard to ease in a central yeah, defender. Yeah, I'd say that's that's his issue. You can't. How do you bring in a central centre back? I slightly disagree because I think now we're playing three. I think it's easier to bring a younger one in because there's more covering players around them. Mm. Um, we had a question from Nathan. TT Tactics on Twitter who said does Cameron Carter-Vickers have the ball playing skills to suit our three at the back system I, 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 th- I don't think he does I, I think I think he, he'd be no worse than Vimmer really I think Vimmer's passing is no, I, I, quite whenever, whenever I've seen um, Carter-Vickers I think he's very capable he, he's not you know he's, he's not Vertonghen he's not like Toby on the ball but in terms of He'll get the ball. He's composed. He'll pass it out and look for another option. I, I think, think he'll do he that. He plays very safe with the ball. He does. He do, I think. I think in the UK games he he may be a bit bit more um, what's the word ambitious. But I think when he's played for the first team, it's more of a case of um, settling in and not wanting to make that risk. When you've got three games in the season, you don't want to start giving the ball away. So he's just playing it very safe and taking his time on the ball. But I think he could do a job. I I agree. I don't think he's not quite dire and he's not their level but I, I think he'll do a good job I mean he's a fantastic defender mm. he'll do very well for a team that with a low block that have to block shots and mm. clear crosses and stuff but, and that seems to be perhaps where he ends up next year perhaps out on loan at a team that mm. plays yeah. just like that yeah. in the Premier League I think he could do a I job in the Premier League you, but you, you look at people who want to sign Michael Keane and I don't think his ball playing skills were better than Carl Vickers at the same age so it, I think him, yeah, him he's got alone. time on his side as well. Yeah, so I think him going alone would be better. Tanganga and Oyoma would be better. 
bullpen centre back. Yeah, both yeah. much better on the ball mm. than Carter Vickers. Yeah. And the other one is Walker Peters, who we've kind of touched on. So mm. we'll move on. Um, we kind of come into this point in the season now where lots of decisions are made about young players and, and what happens next in their careers. And it's a bit of a strange one because Spurs don't tend to release that many, surprisingly. <coughs> players tend to hang around at Spurs mm. for quite a while. Um, we know that Harry Voss has gone to Bishop Stortford. We know that young centre-back Joy McCain has gone to Watford. And the striker Aramid Lote has gone to QPR. And it looks like Charlie Owens, the midfielder, will be going to QPR as well. Mm. He's been training with them and he's not having his contract renewed. Am I right in thinking Stilinides is the same? He's been told that he's being let go and he'll move on? I think so, yeah. I don't know about that. And Joe Muscat is the other one, the right-back, who hasn't really looked up to the mark when he's played at under-23 level, having no. looked OK at under-18 mm. level. Um, we've then got a bunch of players, um, a goalkeeper, Tom McDermott, Cy Goddard, midfielder, Philippe Lesniak, Christian Magoma and Joe Pritchard. Do you see any of them staying? I think they've offered Magoma a contract, but he hasn't decided if he wants to stay yet, apparently. Interesting. Uh, again, what's the point in always keeping them? Because it, all, all we'll be doing is filling up our under-23 team, which, to be fair, is a good reason keeping them with numbers. But they're, they're not going to become first-teamers. It doesn't benefit the player. It doesn't benefit the player. Um, or the players beneath them. Or, no. Yeah, or the players beneath them. So I, I don't really... I think Joe Pitcher was given it... To be fair to um, Joe Pitcher, whenever I've seen him, he looks like a very... Um, gives like, us all. Yeah, gives us all kind yeah. of player. And I think with, with the whole leg break, he had a couple of seasons back, they killed him in an extra year. But the others just haven't got their chances. So they, I don't know if they... I really don't know what they're going to do with him. They could probably release a lot of him. Goddard actually played quite well, I thought, against yeah. Everton in central midfield, and I kind of wondered whether that performance might make them think again with him, and perhaps give him another year and try and move him back a bit deeper because he looked a handy he player a bit deeper. But the thing but is, he's just Goddard, tiny. Yeah, but the thing is, Goddard, he's always looked decent. Yeah. But he's been another victim of having wings, Onoma, Miller, mm. um, a few others central midfield. Lesniak. Lesniak, even Amos. I mean, he's been very competitive, so he's never got that chance, but he's very two footed. Very technical. He can play, but again, it's probably just too late for him. Like he spent two years in the under twenty ones and under twenty threes at Spurs, and he's barely played at all. Yeah, I mean, so he's probably made four or five starts over those two years, so I can't see how he'd be happy. Yeah, so I don't know why he'd want to stay. I guess the problem for him is that because he hasn't been playing, he hasn't been seen by anyone. So yeah. who's going to take a chance on him? And then he'll have to drop quite low, like probably at like League One, League Two clubs. So it, exactly, he it's dis- it is difficult. Style. Yeah. And then you've got a bunch of players who seem to be being kept on. So Amos, Georgiou, Tom Glover, Shane Harrison, Will Miller, Shadow Tracy and Anton Walks. Rumour has it they've all been offered extensions or, or will be signing extensions. Um, of those, personally, I think Luke Amos is the only one who's got any real chance of breaking through to our first team. And that's, at this point, looks like a fairly slim chance. Mm. Um, are there any players there that... I mean, you like Shane Harrison, Carl. Do you, know, you know what? I think I came to the realisation today. <laughs> it, it was today. Um, I do like him, and I think he could be a good player, but I just thought with Kane there, then with Janssen, and now Son, he's just... He's just not going to get really any opportunities. Not that I think he necessarily deserves it or he should be up for a choice striker, but he's just, unless he needs to be on loan, and unless he's going to start banging him in, he's not really going to get that chance. And he, I think he's at the moment a bit. He strikes me as the kind of player that because he's very small and very technical, he would need to be stay in house, but he isn't quite good enough to stay in house. And he's quite, he's too small to sort of impose himself on a low league, so I don't really see how he's ever going to get a chance. And by the time what another season goes, 
we could be looking for another striker for the first team anyway. So I, I just can't see where he's going to get his chance at the moment. So, yeah, I think he'd be better as a ten. I mean, he played up front nearly as under 18s and under 23s, but I think that was because we didn't have any other options. He's he's not like a sort of player you think that would leave the line for Spurs. Mm. He's not like particularly quick or strong. I mean, he's a good finisher, got decent touch. I think he's a lovely player, but I just can't see. And like you said, even if he's to play at 10, instead, you've got Edwards. Yeah, he's not mm. going to yeah. become a 10 for Spurs. So, And that's a difficulty for him because. I mean, we've seen he's on loan at Yeovil at the moment. He's had very limited opportunities mm, at Yeovil. Yeah. They've got something like five strikers. They, they have, yeah, and they've also got a very high number of loan players. So it's slightly odd that they even bothered signing. And, 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 but that's another issue—the whole loan thing, anyway. Just, are you even choosing correct loans for these young mm. players? Mm. But um, yeah, I, I just can't see our house and getting in. Um, I mean, I guess he'll be kept on for another year, and we'll yeah. see what happens. And perhaps he'll get another I don't loan think we again. Leave. No, there's no way he'll leave. No. So and, and like I said, he has got ability, and you never know he could. Could, could go on loan someone and start banging in goals and instantly put himself in um, Poch's mind but at the moment I just can't see how he's going to fit in and last summer we had Will Miller playing left back for the first team and he actually held his own and he did yeah, okay he did and right. he looked like one of the better players in some of those pre-season games and now he's struggling to get into the Burton Albion team on a weekly basis what does next season have in store does he then drop down to League One maybe um, I think we'll try and get a fee for him yeah. I think we probably could get a Small fee for him. Mm. He's uh, a good player. I yeah, like I, I, thought, I remember. I think at under 18s when I first saw him, I thought him and Winks were. I thought he was slightly better than Winks, and then he was a very good dribbler. Then he just got injured, and Winks just shut off. But they were both quality players at the time. Um, so it's a shame to see him struggling a bit. But yeah, I, think I could see us just getting a fee for him and him going to League One. I think if he established himself in League One, he I could see him moving up. Over time. Yeah, over his yeah. time, over time. I always thought that Winks had a better <coughs> long passing range than Miller, who was much more about a short game and getting yeah. in the box and taking shots. And I always thought Miller was a lot better dribbler mm. and very like like one of the um, good player in tight spaces and like like um, shifting the ball, moving stuff like that. Whereas Winks, they say, long passing, but Winks is doing it so well. Even Winks' dribbling is coming on. Isn't it's hugely it? improved. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, he looks willing to take players on. Mm. And that's confidence, isn't yeah. it? That's and that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Confidence, they've it? all got a basic technical level because they've had such good coaching and when you give them that confidence and opportunity then it, it comes to the fore now, the other one I suppose that, that's kind of caught my eye a bit is Anthony Georgi who has had very few opportunities he's this injured. year injured of course so he, he, he's been injured for most of since the year since before Christmas really? so are we giving him another chance out of sympathy almost sort of you know, I, you, I imagine we will. Year. We always um, do that with players that have had long-term injuries. Yeah, I think we just give them that extra chance. And like I said, he's another one where, again, under 18s, he looked good on the wings. Mm. Struggled again for positioning, went left back. Then was he looking good at the start? Of this he year? had injuries at the wrong moments. I think he was doing really well for the under 18s. He scored in the youth cup quarterfinal, yes, yeah, if I remember correctly. United. And right. then he got injured. Didn't play for months and months. And then and he did, looked like he was getting back to form for the under twenty ones, and then got injured again. So it's a bit of shame, but again, I can't, I can't see him breaking the first team. He's a winger anyway. Yeah, mm. not. He's not really suited to our current no. setup. Yeah, especially if we keep playing this uh, new formation we're playing. Yeah. And we've had a question about Shallow Tracy, so we may as well talk about him. Um, he was it was Pete Judge on Twitter. Pete Judge nine said, with recent form of Shallow Tracy, could he have more upside than Harrison or Sterling? I don't think so. Yeah. No, I don't really understand why we signed him. I've said this before, he, he's the equivalent of Sissoko. He looks like Sissoko. He has the, the wristband on like Sissoko. He, he's got power like Sissoko, but he just doesn't have quite the technical ability. 
and then you would have thought for someone he's, he's, he plays to a certain level but you think someone that you signed in would be sure a lot more than he has I think he's a very good utility player you can stick him on wing yeah. you can stick him up front ramping he'll give up good energy but I, I haven't seen as many under 23 games this year as I would have last year so I don't know how he's played but he's scored a few goals but he struggles with his, with his back to goal. I mean, there have been a few away games when we've been under the cosh and it comes and it gets cleared, but it just comes straight back out. He can't hold the ball up, even for someone with his strength. Hey. He was all right when he's running in behind, though. And quick, isn't he? It was yeah, quite was strange. Quick. I mean, he came in as a winger and then he played, I think, against Arsenal 18s as a right back and yeah. looked really, really good. And I thought maybe they're going to convert him to a right back That's and someone's seen something. Then suddenly he's playing as a striker when we've got the likes of Sterling sat on the bench uh, yeah. waiting for opportunities. It's, it's very strange. Odd. It, is, it is very strange, but I don't, I don't know what's going on there. What, um, what's happened with Ogilvy? Did you mention him? Ogilvy's on loan at Stevenage and he's playing every week for them and playing very well. Is he being kept on? I believe so. I believe he's... Oh. I mean, he must... It would be crazy to release him when he's could yeah. command a decent fee. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Stevenage signed him permanently. He's been there two seasons now. Mm. They really, they really like, they like Ogilvy a lot. League is Steven Ajin? Well, League he, two. League two. He, he could be League one. He could be better. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, he's another one who you'd hope if he went down to League two, he'd find his way back up eventually. Yeah. There's a few Spurs players who've, who've done that over the years. Started yeah. lower than before you know it, they're in the Championship and getting promoted into the Premier League. Like yeah. Charlie Daniels, we've seen, and Adam yeah. Smith, um, and both look very much. You can at see home. Fredericks, for example. Yeah. At some point, getting in the Premier League. I mean, I never would have thought Fredericks would have made a championship-level right-back when he was mm. playing as a right-winger for our under-18s all those years ago. Okay. I think Ogilvy will have a good career. Yeah, and they have a good upbringing. And you get mm. to get the basic technical skills, playing with good players, and then they can go into mo- most leagues and then they're one of the better players. So shows how good we're doing. While we're on the subject of Stevenage, we took one of their players on trial, and he's been training with us, and he played um, left-sided centre-back in a back three against Everton recently for the under-23s. Um, very unusual move that we don't tend to yeah. have trialists. Um, I wonder How what. Did he play? I missed the Everton. He did all right. Yeah, he looked good. Okay, he was competent. Um, he did make a couple of mistakes towards the end, but for sixty minutes he looked pretty good, composed on the ball, seemed to suit our system. But but one thing about this then is he brought in with an eye to get into the first team. I guess so. I mean, why? I guess why else would they do that unless they felt they're so short? Like we were saying earlier, you you need players who just fill out the under twenty threes. Maybe they're worried that they don't have enough centre backs. They want to move to this system. And again, from Stevenage, if he does come to our under twenty threes and plays well, he could move to a club in League One after his contract because yeah. we, uh, he has elevated himself to that level. A League One coach has come in the championship. They might like the look of him. Might he's already played way. a bit of football for Stevenage? Mm-hmm. I think ten games or so. In Is the first team, Brian Jones was that his name? Oh, oh it's completely gone from my mind. Um, he trialed with Manu. Ryan Johnson, that's it. Johnson. That's it. Uh, he trialed with Manu as well, I believe. And but yeah, he looked good. He got booked towards the end of the game. Like you said, he got a bit ragged towards yeah. the end. And he kept. I think he was just probably tired. Yeah, it could be a fitness thing. It could be a fitness thing. Um, he made a few mistakes and he got booked with a bit of a lunge. But on the whole, he looked okay. Um, just a really unusual. I was just interested to see Spurs do that. We've also got a bunch of second-year players uh, who, who decisions will be made on very soon, or if they haven't been already. What Spurs do, or typically have done, is they give pro contracts very early to those they're sure of. So the likes of Edwards has already signed a pro contract. We know that much. Um, I imagine the same will be the um, case for Sterling, for Whiteman, Shashua, and Shashua. Mm. Um, we then, for the ones we're not sure on, 
we either offer a pro late on or we offer a third year of the scholarship, which has been quite a nice way of keeping them around the place but not giving them kind of false hope or not allowing them to rest on their laurels. We've got a few in that category, I think, this year. So the ones who are kind of... For me, I'd be a bit unsure on, and you might disagree, there would be the likes of Dylan Duncan, uh, Jaden Brown, Nick Cerula and Keenan Bennett's do you think any of them will get pros? Do you think they'll be? I kept think they'll on? all get pros. One year pros. I quite I like would, all I, of them. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them got pros. But like you say, if if we were sort of trying to um, give them more of an incentive, I would, they'd definitely be kept on. But if we wanted to give them more of an incentive, they might be given their third years. But I think you could argue for pros for quite a lot. Of them. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was actually. I actually think Bennett's is one who could actually go out on loan and do really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's physically ready for a loan he's, move. He's physically ready, and he's got he's got the ability to beat a player, and he's quite he's good. I cross think he could play as a left wing back. Yeah, in the new system, if we continue to play that for the under twenty threes, I think he's, he's got a good cross in him. Either for he could be a player, he can shoot, and I just think he's the kind of player you can you send him out on loan on whatever level you want, and he could do a job. Like I think we've all agreed, his only issue is his sort of final ball. Um, and when you go out and everything means that much more, he might sort of improve that. I think when you had a, um, you've got the links now with Warburton at Nottingham Forest. Yeah. So it could be a way in there. Yeah, he was one that sprang to mind when uh, the Warburton link came up last week. Um, the other one that we've mentioned it earlier that McKenna and Ote are leaving or have left. Mm. The other one is Juan Pablo Gonzalez Velasco, who we signed from Brentford when they S- shut their academy. He's staying after. apparently. Interesting. Okay. Like, he doesn't look first good year? at all. No, he's a second year. He yeah. looks like really poor. Yeah. You know, well, I saw him and Patterson playing the same game. Phoenix Patterson and under sixteen, and Patterson looked much the better player. He's pretty slow. I mean, his touch is okay, but he can't beat a man. His end product wasn't great either so I don't know why we signed him there has to be something in training that we're missing it must have been like or maybe just a panic thing Kirby's gone we've got to pick up someone from yeah. uh, Brentwood closing let's get this guy see how he does I think he was there to fill a gap well that's what I thought but then we're keeping him for next season interesting <laughs> so you're assuming that most of the rest of the players will get pro contracts you don't foresee many third year yeah. skulls I don't think there'll be any Interesting. So Velasco, you, Velasco you, maybe. I don't know if he's signed. Mm. He's signed. You, I don't know what. You, do you know this or you reckon? I know this. Oh, really? Okay. ITK there. <laughs> ben dropping ITK bombs. <laughs> Love it. I mean, the, the, the issue this causes with all these players being offered pro contracts is we've got huge intake next year of under 16s, an unprecedented intake of under 16 mm. players. This is going to cause a bit of a clogging up of our youth system in a way, which in some ways, could allow us to send more players out on loan. It, mm. might, be a, it might be of benefit. Well, we've got that news report that Potts is now OK with the idea, haven't we? So mm. it could go in line with that. Yeah, possibly. I mean, maybe he's seen the impact it can have on players who, who haven't been used much. Mm. Um, so we'll talk a bit about the under-16s coming through. I mean, I must admit I know so little about them. All I've seen is the Riga Cup footage. Um, Carl, you watched. A, you've seen them a lot more than I have. Ben, have you seen much of the 16s? Seen a bit of them. Yeah. So the players, we. I mean, it's looking like an intake of 15 or 16, right? Am I, yeah. am I right in thinking the limit is meant to be 15? I think it's you have to pay because the FA. I think this is right. The FA pay for up to 15, and then you have to pay for the 16th or 17th. Uh, but I don't think Spurs will have a problem with paying for it. So. No. Uh, I imagine the cost will be fairly small. For, yeah. Yeah. Relative to. Yeah. Exactly. The upside is a lot mm. higher. So. The players who've kind of caught everyone's attention are Max Tainio, who is the son of Timu, 
and uh, Maurizio Pochettino, who is the son of Maurizio Pochettino. It's spelled slightly differently. It's got a Z in it. Um, we've also... There's a couple of players who've played plenty of under-18 football already this year, so Oliver Skip being one of them, defensive midfielder. Paris Magoma, who's come in recently, central mm. midfielder. Phoenix Patterson, who's... Um, well, he can play anywhere, really, in the front yeah, positions. Yeah. Anywhere in the front four roles, I'd say. Um, I think that's it, really, for the ones who've been playing up already. But are there any players that have really caught your eye for the 16s? The um, one I've liked whenever I've seen him is Rayan Clark. Yeah. But I'd, I don't really know what's happened to him this year because I haven't heard a lot. I haven't seen him at any of the tournaments. He hasn't been really featured he in any tournaments. played for the under-18s one game. Has he? Yeah. He's a know. winger. Yeah, he's, he's a, a winger. winger. He's, he's a winger. And... Um, but, and he's never been called up to any England camps, which really surprises me. So I don't know if I've just seen parts of him and thought, oh, I'm really impressed and my, my, uh, it's misplaced. But otherwise, I'd really look out for him. I, I think from what I've seen, he's our most exciting winger since Odua to come through. So I'll be really excited, looking forward to seeing him. The way he dribbles is similar in style to Hazard. With the low centre of gravity, how he just sort of stands players up and then just goes past them either way. Yeah, good balance. Interesting. Does he have a similar stature to Hazard as well? Yeah, he's pretty yeah. small. Yeah. yeah. So he, does he normally play on the left-hand side? I've seen him play left and right. He's yeah. right-footed, though. Yeah, because yeah. McKendie generally plays right wing. Yeah, right-wing. and I think McKendie can also be play like a striker, but I've, I've known him initially as a right winger, so I think he, I think the move to a striker role was quite new, so mm. um, I think you had to play either side. And actually with Patterson, and then you've got like Thorpe and Shashua, they were all sort of Interspersed amongst the, the, the attacking four. So this is Armando Shishu, a younger brother of Sam, yeah. who's a similar kind of player, really, mm. I guess. Um, do you have any vibe at the moment of who's the better of the two? No. I haven't seen much of... Too no, early, no. I, I, I saw initially a very small bitch when he was back in that, um, I think it's under-13s, under-14s, but then I hadn't seen a lot, and I think he got injured for a long time. Uh, last season he was out for quite a while. Um but he he won a play of a tournament for um, the under fourteen Premier League international tournament. Interesting. Um, so that was when he was an under fourteen. But like I said, then he got injury when he was under fifteen, and then I just haven't really seen much of him. Um, so I don't know how much that might have stalled that. But he's a central midfielder, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think he's not another sort of in the attacking four area. But he's he was, really small. Yeah, and, he, and he's, he's been to England camps for the two thousand age group, which is an excellent age group. So. He's obviously got some ability there. Mm, definitely. And what about the goalkeepers? We've got uh, the one young goalkeeper coming up, Oluwayemi. Yeah, Oluwayemi. I, I don't know. I can't pronounce any better than you, but that's what I call him. <laughs> how does he? How's he look to you? He's quite a small guy. I, I think right? he's good. A goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he's, he's, yeah, he, like I say, he's small. He's, he's about the same height as Ayoma. Or, or, like, I don't think he's any taller than them. And um, he's got good handling. And he's played for England. He played, yeah, he played for England. Whenever I've seen him, he's got like good hand and he'll hold on to the ball whenever he can. Um, I think he's a very safe kind of player. So, I think trusty goalkeeper. One to look out for. I think he's got actually a younger brother as well. Apparently, he's meant to be quality as well. Sim- yeah, Another goalkeeper. Yeah, Toby Oluwayemi. Interesting. So we've, I mean, we've got lots of players to keep an eye on. Basically, this yeah. is seen as a very strong group yeah. of under sixteen players yeah. who'll be moving up together. Yeah. So the hope, I suppose, would be that next year we'll have a good under eighteen side because this year's not gone to plan entirely. They've struggled a bit. Mm. Um, they've done better in the second phase since, I guess that's three or four games in now, um, because the players, the teams we're up against are not quite as good. Uh, win Division 2 of the second phase because we finished mid-table uh, yeah. in, in the first league. We missed out, but not by much, no. of the elite stage. Mm. I mean, it's a shame when you look through the, the divisions because 
we are the big name that's missing in that first yeah. version yeah. of the final stage. On paper, I think our teams, our team should be there definitely. Mm. But you look at, I think West Ham are there, and they're sort of not yeah, a great team. They yeah. play four four two and they counter attack. Func- very functional yeah. kind of team, similar and to Reading as well. Yeah, yeah. Reading, I'd say we're slightly better than in the games I've seen. They did yeah. have a couple of really good players this oh, year, which Danny probably Loda. propelled them. Yeah, Danny yeah, he's good. Yeah, cool. So we we have got a lot to look forward to. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how it's managed next year. Because there's a huge batch of under-18s already there. There's players who aren't going to be getting games to the 23s. And now we've got all these youngsters coming up who are seen as huge prospects. Well, we were, we were discussing, um, we were thinking some of the first years, like we say, could have been released. But then we've heard that Omalabi's had a, a good tournament out in Italy. He's looked decent. And then Locke got into the team of the team of the tournament. And, and Locke was someone I've always thought was decent from under-16. So I, I don't know how it's all going to work out in the under-18s. You've got someone like Jamie Reynolds who's barely played a game yeah. all season. Uh, he's not going to get a look in, surely, with all these players coming up behind him. I, I, I imagine that they might put, what, a Yomar... I don't think the first is. A Yomar, who... Hines. Hines. I'm trying to think who, who can go into the under-23s. Oh. Um, like Oakley Oakley Booth, Booth maybe. Oakley um, Booth and a Yomar. Yeah, and, and just move them up. Even Skip could move up to the under-23s and just try and give as many opportunities. Or remember at the start of... Um, when I think these lot were first years or the group before were first years and they were almost having the under-18s matches, they had a tournament at the same time and they almost took half the squad to play in like an under-17 tournament or the other. Mm. They might be doing that again, just having to split them up just to give them more games. I guess the part of the problem with that is if we don't have dedicated coaching staff there at the moment, it's really hard to take a group away for a tournament yeah. if there's no one to manage them. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult at the moment. And, um, and I know, so, I remember seeing... Um, Someone at 18s going dropping under under 16 just to get games before. I've seen that before, so it is is a very strange situation. But what I've seen of under 16 is that all the ones who are in there have to be in there because they're all very good players. Um, and I can't imagine ending being dropped. It seems like you've expanded it to include Poch Junior. Um, I don't know what Tiny is like, but they all. I can't, I can't imagine the only one I could have foreseen maybe dropping is Dylan Markande. But again. He looks better than Pochettino, so if they're including him, they have to include Mark Henry. So it's all very—I don't know how it's going to work. It'll be interesting. But Apparent, got, I, I haven't seen play. Tanio play yet, but apparently he isn't very good. He's a defensive midfielder. Yeah, but yeah. if you look at the defensive midfielders, you've got Oliver Skip as well, Jamie Bowden. They've both played for England. They're both good players. And, mm. and then you still got Magoma, who can play central midfield. So mm. Oakley Booth, Oakley Booth, mm. and, and I know Patson can play there as well. So it's Amalabi, Amalabi, yeah, Amalabi. So Jamie Reynolds. <laughs> so this is it's just embarrassment be, of riches yeah, in the field. Yeah, it's going to be a jam going on there. So it'll be interesting. I'll be interested, but it is a good age group, and I'm looking forward to seeing them play. So and good luck to John McDermott managing that situation because yes. that's going to take some serious planning <laughs> I mean before we'll wrap, we wrap up we'll just take a few questions because we had so many good questions when I put the shout out earlier today so starting off with uh, Jackson O'Sullivan Mr Jack O'Sullivan on Twitter who said given our financial constraints should we invest in buying other clubs youth players is that realistic or is it too hard to buy players from say Chelsea I think this is quite a clever idea and I think West Ham have sort of um, started them themselves. They bought Nathan Holland from Everton who was and he would be Edwards' age group. Yeah. And he was, he was sort of rated by England but he obviously wasn't really getting his chance at Everton because Davies are coming through and they've got um, Kieran Dow and a few other youngsters. Um, Calvert-Lewin coming through. Lookman so, as well. Lookman coming through. Yeah, there you go. So, um, whereas West Ham I'd 
can't think of anyone in that age group. So he's a good player, England experience, who could probably play Premier League football to a, to a level. So rather than signing, spending money doing on, on whoever, just get someone cheap in and give them a chance. And it, it may work for them. And I can think of a few players that I'd take from other clubs. Like, you can get that Poveda from Man City. He's not playing for them, is yeah, he? Yeah, he's not. And Poveda is another time they play for Man City. Um, I guess that's too young. But I, I've always thought, like, Abraham... Or if you look at these Chelsea players, when they sign their pros, what, at 17, when they turn 19, you have a word of them. Solanke's meant to be leaving. Yeah, yeah. Apparently but he's going to Liverpool. Maybe. So but the game ends at the and that's another season. clever signing, the way I see it. And yeah. you, you, you jump in and maybe poach some of these players. Because if we could have got in with Abraham, if he, if he wasn't doing so well, we could have maybe taken him. I would have had him as a second striker instead of Jensen. So I think it's a very clever tactic, and if you if you know if you know the players, you can pick up some good ones. Yeah, definitely, and forging those relationships as early as possible is mm. crucial there as well. Yeah. I think our um, coaching staff seem to get on and respect the Chelsea coaching staff really well. They spoke very highly of each other before the Youth Cup game, so maybe those relationships are already there in a yeah. way. It's just and whether Chelsea would want to sell to a local rival. Yeah. They gave um, Zach Medley to Arsenal, didn't they? Chelsea, yeah. and he was an England international, and he looked really good. So. Uh, but also, I guess if at the end of your pro contract you don't sign another one, yeah, yeah, I mean you, you're free to move. Obviously, you'll get the, uh, the compensation fee. But I, th- I think if these Chelsea players sort of think about it, they they could move on and, and um, the ball be in their court in that sense. Next question was from Bardi TFC on Twitter, who says, "With Spurs pushing on all fronts, do we still have the time and patience to blood youngsters, or will we start buying Premier League ready players?" Hope not. <laughs> I mean. Harry Winks is the obvious answer to this question because the time has been put into him over a number of years. He's come in, he's looked apart straight away and when he got injured, some people were panicking about our lack of cover in central midfield. That's how reliant we've become mm. on Winks coming yeah. on and closing out the last 10 minutes of matches. I, I, don't, I don't see why it should be an issue because it, it feels like it's always just an excuse. Like if you're at the bottom of the table, it's we need to f- we're fighting relegation, we can't bring them through now. In this mid-table, it's, oh, we, you can go for Champions League or Europa League. But it always seems like there's an excuse not to play a young player. And you guys may know more than this. Barcelona bringing young players through. I think Bayern Munich have quite a lot of their academy coming through. So I don't get Dortmund why... always Dortmund. have them. So I don't get why you can't bring them through. I don't think Pochettino sees it as a risk to play certain young players. Like, you talk about putting them in for certain games and that's risky playing young player. But I don't think he sees it like that. Like, with Winks, he, he brought him on in really crucial games mm. and if he's invested so much in a player and training him and watching him grow I don't think he sees it as a risk like other managers do mm. I'd, I'd, I'd hope it doesn't become an issue because as we've seen by bringing him through everyone loves a young player an academy player coming through it, it, it gives more commitment to the club you'd hope in, if they do blow up and they don't want to leave everyone loves Kane everyone's loving Winks throws at the moment so I think there's benefits in bringing, obviously bringing the young players through and I hope it doesn't stop especially if a lot of the, we've got a lot of talented ones ready to come through and with that in mind, the final question this week uh, is from Joe Melgar Jr. on Facebook, who said, who will be next season's Harry Winks, Edwards, Walker-Peters or Carter Vickers? I think Edwards, just because of the position that he plays in. Mm. Yeah, but for, for two reasons, I don't know which one you're touching on, but one, it's easier to look good when you're an attacker. Um, it's just easier in the eye, but also because... While he's got competition, I, it's still harder for Carl Vickers to sort of come through. And like you say, Walker Pierce has still got people blocking him. Whereas Edwards, I think if we, if we had behind, um, if we had like Ericsson, if we, I shouldn't be doing the four, the three, four, three, we could have like um, Ali, Ericsson, 
Son Lamella and then Edwards getting chances every now and then, I think it'd be perfect for him. Or yeah. him coming off the wing on a four, two, three, one. Whereas it would just be a lot harder for Carter Vickers to get that chance. So I think, and, and obviously ability wise, he's quality. What is it you like about Edwards, Ben? Well, for someone who's seen a fair bit of him compared to some other fans, what are they kind of. It's the ability to run with the ball but change direction instantly and, and run at such pace with the ball. And his passing's good. The way he can pass. take a shot as well. Yeah, the weight of pass is always perfect. He's um, just a fantastic player. Do, do you know what I notice he does, which I always say players should always do this, is you know if someone's about to block a pass, I always think just chip it over the foot. And I've seen him do that a few times. He'll like, just chip the ball over the foot to get to the man. Whereas other people just... It's, it's just an awareness as well. It's just... And Quick feet. Yeah, well. and it he's helps. one of the players that he'll stop moving to find space. You know, everyone that moves, he'll, he'll stay there and everyone moves around him and he'll find space by doing that. It's very clever. He's, I think he'll be a quality player if he gets his chance. So there you go. Next season, Marcus Edwards, the one to make a difference in the first team. <laughs> well, thank you both very much for, for coming along. It's been a pleasure speaking to you both again. Thank you for the um, And I hope you'll come back at some point. And also a massive shout out again to Cave at um, SNK Studios, who've been absolute legends having us here. Yes, it's so, so nice of them to, to put us up. Um, thanks for listening. And if you've got any follow-up questions, as ever, you can contact us, editor at thefightingcock.co.uk, at Love the Shirt, or you can at me at WindyCoys. And I'll be happy to answer any questions in my halftime youth updates and maybe, you know, even get Ben and Carl to chip in when the questions are too difficult for me to answer. But I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll catch you soon. Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. 
And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.